All-Star Week here on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick. Inching closer to Thursday, 6 p.m. I think that's when everything officially gets started, especially here on Sportsnet when we're covering you wall-to-wall. We got the draft that night, right? The draft. The the draft. How do you feel about the, the, that format? The I don't, draft. like, first... First of all, hold on, hold on. Let me oh, yeah, just, yeah, just let me just kind of set the whole thing up, JB. You're just <laughs> eager beaver today, yes, sorry, which pal. I don't mind. Yeah. You know, are you sporting a new uh, hoodie, by the way? You know, it's not new, but I don't wear a lot of hoodies on air. I'm a hoodie so. guy. Yeah, I think I'm becoming one. My I, I wear a lot of hoodies. Dad days, yeah. Yeah, I do. Pro hoodie. Days, yeah. Okay, so jam packed, Sammy, with guests today. Yeah, I, nice job today. Thank you. Thank you. So in. Just in, in a couple of minutes, we're going to welcome in Adam Oates. Of course, we've had Adam uh, over the last few years, one of my favorite guests, because he just sees things so differently. And a guy that's uh, been around a few All-Stars five time himself. All-Star. Five-time All-Star. Five-time All-Star. So we can't wait to talk to him uh, as we get uh, moving along. Uh, Jason York's going to pop by as well, give us uh, some thoughts in, uh, on Ottawa's come from behind win last night. Mm-hmm. Then Frank Saravelli is going to give us a few rumors to start off uh, the next hour. And then a guy that I've invited countless of times to only tell me, I don't know, one night he maybe he's conditioning his hair. Oh my. Another night, uh, or another reason why he's just uh, too busy, but... P.K. Subban's going to join us. P.K. So I can't get him. I've known him since he's like seven. Oh, really? And you, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. get him like that. Is it it me? me? No, it was Disco Dan. Disco Dan got him? Disco Dan texted me this morning and said, would you guys want P.K. Subban today? And I said, Disco Dan, let me check with the All right. And here we are. Okay. So good job, Disco Dan. And uh, terrible job me the last few years trying to (laughs) to get him on our show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. the draft. Mm-hmm. So you. So come to think of it, I always, I, I still thought of we're going to see an Atlantic, a Metro, yeah, no, a Pacific, and we're not. We're going to see a Matthews, a McDavid, yes, a McKinnon who draft their own team. Yeah. So each of them have a, an alternate captain. So the, the, those two players are locked into the team. So for for Team Matthews which I believe is uh, with the Beebs. Yes. So those three guys are locked in. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is like a, a free-for-all. Yeah. And that's... Uh, is do the we Beebs know? playing? Well, I don't know. <laughs> do we know if they're that's allowed when it gets canceled, to drink by the way. at this draft? Are they, are they back to that again? Well, the last draft... When the boys were pretty loose. It was. Did they only do it once? No, I think they did it twice because Phil got or Ovi got the car once because he wanted it, and Phil got it once because he's Phil. And, but no, the one that was the famous one is Phil being last, yes, and having like the the picture right Ovi like, taking oh, a picture like, of him the, with the flip like the phone, Nokia, yeah, of him being but last. Didn't so. Ovi win it? Was Ovi wanted to like give the car away to someone? I think he got it the next year as like, okay. a joke or something. I could be wrong. I think it's not by accident that uh, they're going to have the players. Do this first at 6 p.m. Early. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe that way. Yeah. You don't want to get it to 9.30, You're 10 right. o'clock, 
and it's still going on. That's when it could get a little dicey for them. So they're smart because they've got, uh, I think, the draft. Then the 1967 NHL alumni will honor uh, the Leaf Championship team. Yeah. And then the women will play the th- they're three on three. Nice. Beautiful. There so you there's your Thursday night. So yep. just getting back to your point. So, yes, sir. so you got you got Team Matthews uh, and Morgan's protected now with Austin. But there's two Leafs floating around. Mm-hmm. I've wondered Nylander this. and Marner. Yeah. So Austin gets to pick. <laughs> and who's he taking? I think you got to go away from those guys entirely. Like, I, don't, I think you can't pick one. I think you got to say, it's an all-star game. I'm going off the board. I'm taking this West Coast see, guy. Are you creating some I, drama here? I just, like, no, I don't know. Kipper, like, what happens if he doesn't? You're going to come in here with some narratives on Monday? Be like, they yeah, don't like each other. No, 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 no. And he didn't get yeah. picked. Like, <laughs> clearly, clearly, clearly they like uh, Nylander better than Marner. Or clearly, they like Marner better than Willie. Here's Willy. the question: Who would he pick if he truth oh, serum, no, no repercussions? I'm with you. He can't pick either, either because I think he someone will get their feelings hurt. Yeah. Well, I think you know, <laughs> Neilander has eleven and a half million he, reasons. To be honest, for eight you years, you might be able to hurt Mitch's feelings. You could only get hurt <laughs> Willie's feelings. Yeah. Willie's really, really just like in he's, a he's actually hail of money. The Woody Harrelson <laughs> meme where he's like dabbing his eyes with money. He, he like he doesn't care. <laughs> he couldn't care less. No way he cares. Yeah. So, you got to take Mitch. I bet she takes Mitch. Now that I think about it, it more. It does seem like the more likely yeah. choice. Uh, yeah. It's, and then a it'll part. feel like three Leafs against one Leaf. And then the Leafs get eliminated in the first round. Oh, <laughs> people are make. Is that the joke? God. I didn't make oh, it. Oh, my I God. I know it's out there, though. Oh, my God. All right. Um. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. Either way, it'll be fun. Uh, all right. Anything else on? Uh... Yeah. Do you want to talk about the guys who are going to be in the skills contest? There's only 12 guys. This is the first time that the skills will not include like, the whole league kind of being mm-hmm. on the ice or, or wrapped. How do, you, how do you guys feel about that? And I like it. Just as a, I put Jesper Brad in there. It's yes. Mark, Matt Barzell. Oh, okay. Jesper Bratz yep. re- replacing Hughes, but uh, the yeah. names, if you don't know, it's David Pasternak, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Matt Barzell, Nikita Kucherov, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Elias Pettersson, J.T. Miller, and Quinn Hughes. The best of the best. I mean, unbelievable assembly of talent there. That's pretty unbelievable. I think uh, Sarah Valley said. Some joke, like someone put it to me that it's 11 of the best players in the world and JT Miller, something like that, which is like, you know, I think that was a vote in a portion of it and the Canadian votes are pretty heavy, right? So JT Miller gets in. I actually do think that for the first time, and Kipper, you've talked uh, about what it's looked like over the past few years when they're yeah. on surfboards and whatever the hell else they were doing, yeah. that you weren't a fan of that. And I don't think anyone was. But I do think that- That's an understatement. Yes. I thought at times it really- Embarrass the guys. But this has a chance to be really good. Yeah. With that collection of talent on the ice with a million bucks on the line, which this isn't the NBA. They don't, you know, they don't make $85 million a year. Right. Like they're all well-paid guys. All those guys are, but like a million bucks is a million bucks. To me, it actually has a chance to be pretty good. So the format, if you don't know, is that every, each of these 12 guys will pick four of this first six events. 
And the, the six events are fastest skater, harder shot, stick handling, one-timers, passing a challenge, and accuracy shooting. The top point earners, the top eight guys, will go on to a shootout. And then the top six guys will go to the final event, which is an obstacle co- uh, course, combining all the six events. Mm. Uh, and the points are doubled in the final round. I think the the intrigue on on how how hard they're going to push themselves for the million bucks is enough to make everybody watch again. Yes, I mean that is wasn't it uh, somebody on Colorado? I'm not sure who it was. Threw out that uh, yeah, we're real excited because uh, Kale McCarr promised each of us a hundred thousand dollars if he wins the million. Is that what he said? Really? <laughs> Math doesn't add up on that. That cost him a lot of money. <laughs> and I think that was news yeah. to Kale. To Kale? Yeah. It, but it is like, it, is, it would be fascinating to know if there is some sort of, this is fun money, I'll throw, you know, chip into the boys yeah, or something. I, I or could definitely, it, that's a lot of money. I, yeah, you know, you could definitely see somebody donating a bunch of it to charity or something if they win, or maybe someone just keeps it my, all. My wife said that, and I was like, that's... Too much money. It's nice to make a donation, but yeah, maybe some of it. Million dollars. It's the it only way to get people's attention. Yes. Now, yeah, now you have their attention. I don't begrudge anyone playing hard for lots of money. I don't expect them to give it to the SPCA. Great if they do, but you know, it's how you get your money is not different. One, I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know if this will go down as a, a trivia answer, but mm. the last few years it's been this and especially again this year does every team need to be represented at an nhl all-star game i have a strong opinion on that no 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 so do you know this year uh, not every team will be represented who's not sending well i'm asking you guys do you know i do know who is it the Blackhawks? I don't know. No, they got Dickinson oh, going, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And Boone Jenner from Columbus. Take a couple of guesses. Seattle. Nope. <laughs> I have no idea. Just bad radio. Tell me. Stanley Cup champions. Vegas? No rep this year. Come on. It was Jack. Uh, and he's Eichel. hurt and they're not and replacing him? Uh, i under the impression they're not replacing him. So they probably got denied, right? Because Brat was apparently, uh, like, had a vacation booked to some tropical destination yeah. and now was going to the All-Star Games. Like, Toronto, February. It's actually supposed <laughs> to be nice this weekend, though. <laughs> Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. It's actually supposed to be some Unlike sun. Unlike the NBA All-Star Game when well, we have minus 30 the one Not year? to play amateur meteorologist, but I think it's supposed to be pretty warm this weekend. Some sun. Okay. So there you go. Thank All right. You. Let's welcome in someone that knows a, l- a little bit about uh, an NHL All-Star weekend. Former National Hockey Leaguer. Hall of Famer. President of Oats Sports Group, Adam Oates. Oatsy, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? So, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but five appearances at an NHL All-Star, and this was basically early 90s to 96, 97. Is there any comparable that, you know, stands out for you in terms of the level of intensity back then to, to what it's shaped up to today? Like... How, how how big of a feather was that, you know, to, to be a part of that group with the, the Messiers and the, the Gretzky's, the uh, Lemieux's of the world? Well, you know what? My first game was in Chicago during Desert Storm, which was, uh, you know, obviously for the country a big thing. It was at Chicago Stadium. And, you know, it was really, it was a fantastic game. Uh, I was, you know, you're, you're a little nervous my first time. And, you know, I was in uh, the West Coast guys in St. Louis, um, 
and uh, Gretz is there talking to the guys, you know, and talk about a gracious guy. He brought a stick for every guy. Wow. He knew we all wanted a stick from him. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. Um, and so he, he comes walking in with like 25 sticks. So I, talk about fantastic. And then during warm-up, he stood at center ice, and basically every guy on both teams came over and took a picture with him, right, myself included. And, uh, you know, fantastic experience. The tough part has always been trying to make it sort of a competitive game. Right. And, it, and it def- definitely it's a hard thing. You look at the NFL, they play flag football, basically, uh, in their all-star game. And it's just tough, t- tough because no one wants to hurt anybody. Uh, you want to sort of try, but you don't want to over try. So, it, you know, you, you got to just try and enjoy the moment. And if you're a fan, you got to try, try and enjoy seeing the guys out there. You know, it's not going to be quite the same as a hockey game. So uh, curious to get your thoughts on the new format then. This year, there's six events to start, um, and you, the players get to choose four of them. I, I actually am curious to know which ones you would choose if you were in the All-Star game today. It's the fastest skater, hardest shot, stick handling, one-timers, passing challenge, accuracy shooting. Which ones do you want, Otzi? Well, not the fastest skater, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would probably do stick handling, passing, and accuracy. There you go. Uh, the uh, the guys that are going to be in it is a pretty impressive list of guys. Do you have some of your clients going to the All-Star game? Yeah, I, I got about 15 going. Yeah. Oh, is that good? That seems good. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's a good list. That's a good yeah. list. Do you think, you know, within the confines of what we're going to see, that pretty much is 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 enough to to get the skill to where it's at a at an entertainment level? Somehow, some way... If I was to put together a committee to come up with different looks or ideas to to the different skill, I would put you in charge because I think you've got the mind to come up with something that no one's thought of that would really show off off skill. But uh, does anything come to mind to you in terms of other angles that you could kind of attack this skills competition? It's you know it's something that I would have to think about. Um, and one of the things that when you think about our game, you know, you think about overtime, okay? So overtime only has six guys on the ice. And, and every guy I talk to, what's the number one rule of overtime? Don't shoot, don't shoot the puck from too far away. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you're not scoring, and now you're going to get caught out there tired. Right? So that is on every guy's mind is when you're going down on a two-on-two, you're trying to create some sort of uh, defensive mistake that you can capitalize on without giving the puck away. So, like, for me, I'm always a guy that appreciates the fact that the guys are thinking about that, right? They think the game, right? And the best players think the game. So, you know, I would say that if you gave me some time, I could come up with some ways to make it more uh, attractive, like maybe just plays in one zone, because like if you think about two-on-two two in zone, three-on-three three in zone, that's what we do in the summer, right? Small games, right? To, because the best players in our game are really good in tight areas, right? So I would force them to be in a tight area. Why? Because they're going to they're gonna get the puck more, and they're going to be able to react more, make quick plays more. You know, that, that would be something off the top of my head. Oh, my God. Imagine they go width of the ice in overtime. It would be absolute mayhem. I love this idea. Um you know, the, the you think about all the sports, they all yeah. practice small area games. Sure. 
Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. And given the, the things these guys could do, I think they would pull out some pretty unbelievable highlights. It'd be nonstop action too, which is kind of what the league is looking for. So, you know, heading towards this all-star game, um, you know, the, I think they've changed it enough to be like real hockey. Like they've gotten away from all the gimmicky sort of events. Um, is there a type of player that thrives in skills contests when you isolate their skills? Like a lot of guys struggle putting it into game action. Is there players that really would benefit from playing in a skills contest where you just isolate certain skills? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, for sure. The, the The tough part about the game is, so you go walking in this locker room and there's sort of all the stars on every team, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, boys, how's it going? Good. And then you're going out there and you're trying to sort of try but you don't want to be that guy that looks like he's trying too hard. Yeah. Because then the other guys might be like, okay, take it easy, right? And we all live through that little imaginary line of trying to look good, yet not trying to try too hard. And that's what makes it very difficult because, and there's also no contact, right? Which is also a huge part of our game that's now missing in this particular game. So the guys are trying best they can to kind of come up with something and not look like they're trying too hard, which is obviously very difficult. Adam, where, where do you put overthinking in the equation on hitting a target or, or just doing something when you some, as we know, athletes sometimes uh, don't think meet, right? Just go out there and, and do it and let, let your subconscious sometimes take over. And I don't know if we can even equate this to a, uh, a field goal kicker in Buffalo uh, that usually <laughs> looks like he's Poor money. Guy. <laughs> but but the, more, but the more you think about it, the more the, the weight gets on your shoulder. Do you talk to your clients about, about just, you know, different ways to not overthink something, including a simple skills competition, maybe Friday night? Yeah, you know what? I actually have talked to a couple guys when it's their first game and kind of just try to say, don't let it weigh you down. And it's, it's sort of like the first time guys are doing shootouts. Because the game's over, and now it's not quite the same as during the game. It's not, it's not like a penalty shot during the game, right? But now, but it's still, when you haven't done it in a while, the magnitude of the fans staring at you while you're going down the ice, some guys handle that better than others. That's a fact. So you want to try and take that in and try and take the moment in and not, like you said, weigh yourself down with trying to hit a target, right? And, and you know, I, I would say some guys handle that better than others, for sure. Oh, see, how would you teach shootout skills you know what i mean like the there's points on the line for this it feels like an under discussed part of hockey where you go ah, it's the skills contest and teams miss playoffs by a point every year like those are crucial moments in this all-star game there's going to be a, a shootout you know is there a way to teach guys to be good at this or is it something that just you're a scorer or you're not a scorer oh no no there's ways like we work on that in the summer we do yeah we work we work on ways to come in on a goalie and change, for example, change speeds and be able to have your hands in a spot that you can shoot it or deke them, depending on what you want. So we have we have things we go to, absolutely. Are you the guy who's teaching Kuznetsov to go two miles per hour? I mean, like, he's been doing that for a long time. <laughs> he is. And, like, you know, and obviously a guy like TJ Oshie, like, very comfortable doing that, right? Yeah. Like, how many did, how many did he get in the Olympics? Six Three or in something? A row at least. Yeah, I don't know what the total yeah. was, but yeah. Were you a guy, Otsi, on, on any particular breakaway where you just try to keep your mind as clear as possible? Did you have a, a thought process that uh, shoot or pass won't be decided until I'm six feet away from the goalie, 10 feet away from the goalie? You know what? 
honestly, Kipper, I played against Mario a lot. And I'm not going to lie to you. I probably watched him have over my career 25 breakaways. Yeah. And I don't think he ever missed. <laughs> like, he was magical. And he would always just cruise in, have the puck in a spot. And he'd either sort of like, you could tell he had a few options being a taller guy. He was like, as a right handed guy over the glove, or he'd bluff it and deke the goalie. And he had the poise to deke the goalie, right? So I would, I would practice that. I would track, I would practice coming in. And being ready, kind of like five feet in front of the goalie to either shoot it or be ready to deep, for sure. Doesn't it all start with off that high glove shot? Like, I'm a righty as well, and it's kind of assumed I think that's the basic starting point. You're going to come in, you're going to shoot high glove. Guys will drop it and go to the backhand. You can kind of build off that and pull it from there. But it all kind of starts from, so as a right shot coming down the left side, getting your stick to the middle, and that's like the building block one, right? You just kind of run through your list like a quarterback going through reads, don't you? And by the way, I think it's always been a huge advantage for right-handed shots. I'm to sorry? Go, to go up against goalies with the, 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 the left-handed glove. Yeah. yeah, but listen, the whole thing, it's a huge advantage for lefties who have low blocker. That's the cheat code. Well, okay, so that's that's Koozie's shot, right? Low blocker? Oh, yeah. Koozie yeah. comes in on an angle, and when he finally gets to sort of like the hash marks, if you look, his stick is in a position now that, that goal, he's kind of his stick is square to the goalie. Just like you're talking about a righty. Yeah. You come in at the last second, you're in a position where the goalie has to respect over your glove, and then you've got five hole or you got a deke, right? A little different for the lefties, but when you watch Koozie, he's in there, so at the last moment... He's sort of tried to, you could tell he's trying to make the goalie kind of like misstep, and he's got low blocker in mind first for sure. Yeah, see, I, I, I think I'd rather deal oh, with first the glove. Off, are you a right or left shot? I'm a left-handed know. shot. Yeah, you have the, yeah. the whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't know that? You don't know. You're, you're like one of those savant Whoa. guys who like knows people's he, handedness and I, tape color. I can't remember names. I can tell you which way they shot. These I don't get these people. I've, I have nothing. I've watched the Leafs for like 10 Absolutely. straight years. I The other day I had to remember what hand Austin Matthews shot. I was like, yeah, I guess he hits it from oh that side. Oh, my gosh. It just doesn't I stick bet with you me. If you ask, I bet you if you ask Gratz, he could probably almost remember every point he got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just switching gears off of All-Star, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about power plays and and just what are you seeing how they've evolved? Uh, because there's sometimes you, you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs here, we cover them daily here, and it, it, it looks good on paper, top 10, but there's some days I look at them and it looks like they're, they're moving the puck in cement. And I'm just wondering how you've seen it evolve and we watch Tampa Bay and even though that they've struggled in terms of being consistent this year, that power play, the way they move the puck to me is as good as I've ever seen in the history of the game. It is phenomenal. Kucherov and point and stamp coast. What is their secret? Is it just them and their <laughs> talent or is something being coached into them? I mean, I'm a big believer in coaching. I am. The power play is obviously a very sensitive subject for me. Um, and when I watch you, like you said something earlier about making reads, right? So when you watch Tampa, for example, which, by the way, I think they're number one right now. Yes. Um, it goes through Cooch, right? So Cooch yes. gets the puck. So Cooch gets the puck. So the other four guys know it's going to go to Cooch, unless there's a, some sort of crazy breakdown. So he's getting it, and you see right away that Stamkos and Point are in their positions 
instantly. And they've had to change the goal line guy. They've had a bunch of goal line guys, and they're still number one. So they know it's Nick Paul right now, and he's doing a great job. So, and they just go through their reads. They really do. And obviously, they got a guy in Stammer that can hammer it, which is fantastic. But everybody has a guy that can one-time it. Toronto's got Austin Matthews. He's a pretty good shooter, right? And when you look at Tampa, Victor Hedman's left-handed. So their power play is number one, and it's still not optimal. If he was right-handed, they'd be even better. But they still, there are five guys that go out there. They know what they're doing. And, you know, the best example is when you think about a good quarterback in football, every single play, there's four choices. It's up to him to make the right choice, and they make the reads. And the very next play, he gets the ball again. So I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it not going through one guy. I, I like it going through one guy all the time. So... I know like in sports, everything is kind of we've taken the uniqueness out of the game and that everything gets gets optimized to this crazy degree. We're at a point where everyone uses a one three one. Is it just simply the most efficient way to go about it or is it a lack of creativity around the league? Well, I mean, it depends who you talk to, but I like once again, it's coaching. Yeah, right. Everybody has good players on their team. They do. Sometimes the sticks don't match. That's a tough that's a tough subject. Mm hmm. But but it, the one three one to me, you need the guy in the middle, which is Braden Point, where he's the cheese, right? And he's very good there, and they can find him when the the penalty killers fall asleep, and if they're on top of Braden Point, that allows Headman and Stamkos to be a little closer to the goalie, right? So like the guy in the middle to me is vital, you know. He's the, and some teams don't keep a guy there, which I think is a mistake personally. Kucherov for me is. Uh, one of the best I've ever seen. At, at you can't read them. There's some guys that look like billboards, <laughs> and then there's this guy where you don't know whether or not he's going to shoot or pass. Or um, and and that to me that's the number one reason why I think it's so successful. Is to your point, it goes not only does it go through to through him, but it goes through him um, with the best poker face out there. Yeah, and you know when you think about it, like. When it's going through one guy, so he's the quarterback, he gets to practice his reads every single day, mm-hmm. right? So there's going to be a night maybe you're a little off, but if tomorrow night you get four power plays and you're getting the puck over there 30, 40 times, you're going to make some good decisions too, right? And he's a guy that practices it. And I, I honestly, he's, I think he's actually taken a step up this year. I, I think he's playing better hockey this year. You know, I get to watch him a lot, so... He's been fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, are we going to see you around the All-Star weekend, or are you basking in 80-degree weather right now? It's not quite 80, but it's pretty close. <laughs> uh, I, was actually, I was actually just home in Toronto, went to a couple junior games, uh, went through Boston and Toronto, and I just, I just got back here, actually. So I'm not coming to the game, but uh, I'll be watching for sure. Well, listen, we really appreciate you making uh, time for us today, Oti. Always a pleasure having you, pal. Yeah, thanks so much. Hey, my pleasure, guys, always. That's Adam Oates, Hall of Famer and one of the best passers in the history of the game. 15 he would, clients? He would, <laughs> he would eat up that passing uh, skills competition oh, this yeah. weekend. You know, it's funny. Is I, I asked him, I was like, you're the guy who teach Kuznetsov that move or whatever. And he goes, he's been doing it for a long time, hasn't he? And he left it hanging. I quick Googled Oates Kuznetsov. And he obviously coached him yeah. at the start of his career. And it, it's a lot of like Oates trying not to get too excited about Kuznetsov's development. And like, clearly this man has been Kuznetsov's I, ear. I, uh, 
Otzi coach is my least favorite thing ever. What's that? Well, you guys are talking about the shootouts? Yeah. Like the slow yeah. and the methodical, and he's he's obviously coached. Yeah, I've heard. Go out, just shoot it in, rip Go it. <laughs> <laughs> That's for key coaching. Yeah. Fast you can, rip it. Just shoot it. I with the the handedness thing. Yeah, I've played with the same six guys for ten years. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm actually shocked. You seem like a guy who would no know idea. everyone's. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. Uh, I got nothing. Couldn't tell you. I line, just, line mates of mine, I would. Actually, known the for guy that plays Buddy Ward, lovely. He shoots right because he plays on the right wing. I play on the left wing. Yeah. That's it. That's See, all I know. If you, if you brought up a name to me, yeah. the first pictures in my head is them holding a hockey stick. Yeah, like, I guess me too, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which way. No, I'm no. like dyslexic you, about this. You've yeah, got them tough. all doing the Ken like, Dryden lean. Like, <laughs> they're all, <laughs> right in the middle. Just, they're all, yeah, just, they're all just using Bobby Orr's <laughs> stick flat. But he, he said, like, oh, yeah, but Gretz remembers every point I ever had. I remember every point I ever had, and I know I had a tenth of Gretzky's points. But, like, I remember that stuff. But handedness and tape color to me. But I don't even know what I had for breakfast today, but I can remember <laughs> yeah. a guy shooting certain way um hey jay's made a big signing today uh, justin turner justin turner that's good he's, he's looks like he's 40 gritty, isn't a little he? bit he's gritty he's 40 here's the thing but Every, it's baseball everybody's down on 40 he's like 30 jay's fans he's like 40 pal <laughs> <laughs> there's no way around he's it. a late bloomer he started getting good in his 30s he oh, bounced gosh. around before so in five years he's going to be great. No, but he's he's been really good. <laughs> he's, an, he's an NLCS MVP. Like he's really good player. Is everybody excited about this no. in Blue Jay land? No. People are pissed. Listen, the the Otani thing really scorned yeah. some get, people. So I saw my boy Stoughton said something about like three straight years of decline. He made some sort of joke. Yeah, and I was like, doesn't sound like Turner's been getting better. But here's the thing: the most notable thing to me is I looked at his splits today. And with two outs and runners in scoring position, he had an over 1,000 OPS. And the and Jays six, have been six, horrific there. In 60 plate appearances, he mashes lefties. Bo Bichette called him out by name to Blair and Barker last year's, last week, saying that he was the guy that they'd like to sign. And Turner? And uh, J.D. Martinez. Martinez, sorry. And he can only get a one-year deal. Yeah, that's kind of how baseball is going these days. Like, unless you're, like, one of the super-duper stars. He's chase the olds, man. He, I, he can't get the... I'm going on the record right now that people that are hating on Justin Turner... He is going to be a fan favorite by July. He's going to be hitting third in the order. He's going to be one of the most important guys. I'm saying wow. it right now. All right. Yep. Heard it here go. first. That's great. You hey, you know what? Dig in. I'm Love not it. usually positive about this kind of stuff, and I am extremely okay. excited Good. about it. So there we go. Good. Let's Good. get the order. We need okay. positive news. Yeah. Blue Are you going to do game time or are we going to go to break? We'll go to break. We'll do game time in the second hour. All right. Plenty more on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Do not go away. That is an order. Teeing up the biggest games of the night. It's the fan pregame with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kipriel's Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. What are you working on, Sammy? Talk to me. Producing. Uh, just uh, sometimes I do forget that I do produce it. So I'm just, uh, we're All right. figuring some things out here, but we're going to get Yorkie here shortly. Having some Zoom issues. All Hold right. Tight. Hold tight. Turn My microphone. Your microphone is off. You didn't hear any. None no. of that was heard. Okay, try this again. I can't yeah. believe we didn't mention Sam's beautiful haircut today. Thank you. Uh, shout out my girl, Anna. Does a great job. Love her. Wouldn't trade her for the world. What do you think? Kipper doesn't like it. 
She, she does that part time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good line. <laughs> what is she, what's her real job? What is she actually? Oh, you're funny. You're pretty funny. Oh boy. Oh, Just boy. one game on tap last night. Yeah. I did not catch the first portion of the game. The going down three nothing for the Ottawa Senators right. against Nashville. But I caught, had bet on it. I caught the. The, the rest of the game, and it, it looked good from the Ottawa side. Dude, Ottawa was a powerhouse for two periods. The second and third period, they dominated, eh? Yes. Well, I, I, I was mean, watching Soros like, this guy's good. Yeah, you know, Sor- Soros did everything he could to make this thing close. Yeah. I, I, I'm of the mind that Ottawa is going to win a lot of games between now and mid-April. Yeah. <laughs> How long? Uh, you can't quit them. It won't be enough to... Take no. them anywhere. It's just going to take them out of but a good the, draft spot is what the, it's going to do. The damage has been done. And it's going to make people go, boy, should we keep Martin? Like, you know, oh, they, boy. Because they are true talent. See, I, that that to me bothers me because we've seen over the course of the last 10 or 15 years where once the the season's pressure's over off. and the pressure's off, every, they all start having a great February and early March. And, and I'm then, calling that it's going to happen. I'm going to bet them all the way home. Maybe it's already started. Well, I think it possibly could. They're still in last. I actually think they're tied for second last in the Eastern Conference at this point. But, yeah, at this point, you're kind of playing for next year. But, you know, they had a tough start with... This is a baseball thing where it's like September. Yeah. There's been a lot of fans who have been tricked by September's. Yes. Where it's like they're out of it. They have some September call-ups. But, like, everything went wrong to start the year, right? Like, right out of the gates, you had the Shane Pinto situation... Like the Ann Lauer start, everyone got got all excited. Pinto situation happens. You can't get a save for two months to start things off. It just seemed so long to to close out the sale. It just seemed like it was just, it just didn't get off to a great start. You know, the coaching hire fire thing was like, is it going to happen? If Ann Lauer didn't want to go in and make waves right away, obviously you can't blame a new owner for that. But like probably if you're going to do it, it should happen sooner. It just was a clumsy start. But well, there's still he, a lot of talent on that roster. They, they would have hoped that Pierre Dorian could have held on as as long as he could, right? Yeah. The, the idea wasn't – if they were going to get rid of Pierre Dorian, they would have done it right away. They, they did not want to do that this year. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. I don't know that as inside information or, or fact. Maybe Jason York does. Let's bring him in now. One thing about Pierre Dorian. Pierre Dorian is very loyal. Co-host of Coming In Hot, the Sens podcast. How are you, Yorkie? I'm good, Kipper. By the way, I did not name that podcast Coming In Hot. I, I like just, the name. Why? why I don't mind name? it at all. I like saying it. Coming in hot. Hey, that's that. That's Bobby Ryan's. When Bobby came into Ottawa, I believe he said he was coming in hot when they announced he was coming into town. So that's Bob's. Uh, that's Bob's catchphrase. So um, we'll, we'll get into. Uh, pro- I don't know where to start here. Do we start just on on what we just said, or do we go into the nuts and bolts of last night? I'll let, I'll let you pick, Yorkie. What did you see last night? Because it kind of felt like. Oh, just another one of those Ottawa games where they're just they have no interest to look like a hockey team. And then then they show all this new hope that they can be a, a good hockey club. You know, I, I was listening to you guys talk there, and the one thing that Thales and Ann Lauer wanted to bring to this team was 
some calmness, some stability, and some quiet. You guys kind of went through the checklist of what's happened with this team since basically Michael Adler was bought it. Like, I don't know what else can go wrong. You get one of your best young players to get the gambling for 41 games. You lose the first round pick. You guys went, but it's just, it's been chaos. Mm. So I just, to me, that's the big reason why Jacques Martin was an obvious guy to come in. He's a calm guy. He's, and I think the players are starting to buy into what Jacques is selling. And that's just the, you don't always have to outscore teams. You don't always have to try and outskill teams. Sometimes you just got to stick with it. And that's kind of how they won that game last night. They didn't actually have a bad start. Um, tough, tough first goal off a partition bounced in front of the net. But I like what they did after that. They didn't, they didn't really get rattled. They didn't, they didn't go away from what they need to do to be successful. And that's just to play smart defensively. And, um, to me, it's a good sign. It's a good sign of something for a team where there hasn't been a lot of good signs this year, and they've been very inconsistent. But to me, Kipper and Borny, show me a good team, and I'll show you a good goalie. They've had their goaltending has been so inconsistent this year. Um, Corpus Salo came in last night after getting pulled the game before. I think he left. He let in four or four the game before. So if he can find a way to somehow get back to playing like the goalie that people thought that he was going to be when he came to town, then I think you're going to see the Ottawa Senators playing a lot better. But they, number one, they have to get better goaltending or you're going to continue to see this team struggle. Well, and part of the challenge now is, you know, it seems like this is not going to be a playoff year. I don't think I'm out on a limb making that statement is assessing why they got to the point that they're at now and if it is all these sort of convoluted, weird things that happen at the start of the year, like, is there still a good team here? And if that's the case, someone had mentioned, like, Chris Tanev to Ottawa. Like, what is Ottawa's plan going into next season? Is it that we need to blow this up, or is it maybe that this team was okay and needs adding? Yeah. You know what I think, Marty? I think people just overvalued of where Ottawa is at their growing process. Sure. If, if you look at their center ace position and you look at games played and experience in the league, I'll start with Tim Stutzla. He just turned 22. Then I'll go to Josh Norris, who's played not even two full seasons in his career because of injuries. Then you get down to Ridley Gregg, who are both, like, they're super green. So if you look at good teams, usually there's some veteran presence down the middle, some guys that understand how to play a 200-foot game. I just don't think Ottawa's there yet. And that's part of the reason a guy like Jacques Martin, he's, he's going to hopefully come in and teach these guys how to play on top of the puck, how to have better sticks, how to get in shooting lanes, how to block shots. Because before, Ottawa was just a team that kind of cheated offensively. They were really exciting, lots of good pieces, but they didn't play properly. And, you know, Kipper, you played in the NHL. Like, look at, look at really good teams. The really good teams obviously have good goaltending, good D. But they have experience down the middle. And you just, for me, I just, I'm guilty of it too, fellas. I just, I, I forgot how young this team was down the middle. And I don't know, there, there, there's no, there's there's no thing you can do to, to give experience besides playing games. And I just think Ottawa had to go through some growing pains. And I just think a lot of people were just early 
on where they thought the Senators were going to be this year. And listen, the, the goalies have been atrocious too. Like that doesn't help. But uh, you know, I just I just think they're a little bit away from where people thought they actually were. So, so Yorkie, where is the link between Chris Tanev and a team destined to miss the playoffs this year? You got three left-handed defensemen that can't play on the right side. So Uh-oh. You've got you've got Shabbat, you've got Chikrin, and you've got Sanderson. In a perfect world, last year, Pierre Dorian would have brought, and I like Jake Chikrin as a player. I think he's really good. He's got lots of talent. But you've got three guys that are pretty similar in styles of play, puck-moving, skating-type defensemen. And their only really solid right-shot defenseman back there is Art and Zub. After Zub, there's really, like, Docker's a rookie, Hamannick, who knows what's going to happen with him. They really need a right-shot D back there. Um, and, yeah, get in line. Don't, don't all teams in NHL, but Ottawa in particular because they're overstacked on the left side. And I'm a big believer in righty-lefty guys. I don't know about you guys, but I, that's that's something that they need desperately. And it's because you got a bunch of guys that are left-handed that, that struggle playing on the right side. Where are they up front with uh, Brady Kachuk? You know, he is he's watching that game last night, like willing this team to offense and seems to, you know, be involved in everything they do on that side of the puck. You know, is he at the point where he's a legit superstar in this league, or is he still got steps to go to help make this team a you know a legit playoff contender? You know, he's a, I, I think he's a legit. I'm not. He's not a. He's not like a guy like a McDavid or, mm-hmm. or a Drysdale or a Matthews. He's a throwback. He's basically his dad. He's yeah. just like he plays just like Kimbrough. He plays like. He plays just like Keith. Yeah. Was like, Keith this reckless? Oh, Keith was a truck. Brady's right? just all over the map. Yeah. No, Keith was a, a power truck. Yeah, like like Keith, but Keith played in an era where you had you had Twister, you had Kelly Chase, you had Proby running around. Those guys don't exist anymore. So that's why Brady just really stands out in today's era because now he's one of the toughest guys too. But Keith was really tough too. It's just. Back when little Kipper, Kipper had to fight all those guys. I'll tell you, <laughs> like, it, yeah. was a, it was a, that was a different era back then. And now Brady just kind of stands out because he's big, he's strong, and he's he's basically his dad playing in two thousand and twenty four. That's what he is, and he's a really good player that's hard to play against. And like, good luck moving him in front of the net. He's, uh, but he's not a he's not a he's not a he has skill, but it's a different kind of skill. It's like in tough areas, being hard on your stick, finishing hits. Um, but basically, yeah, go back and watch some videos of Keith Kachuk. That's Brady Kachuk. The other thing, too, is, again, you know, to your point about how young these guys are, and, and, and I got no problem with Brady being a captain, uh, yeah. but, but it's a learning curve for him. And there is... He's just going to have to continue to mature into that role is the best way I can describe it, Yorkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and you know who's been a really big help for him, guys, is Claude Giroux. Giroux, Giroux has been, I would say, Ottawa's best player this year. He's, he's been that finished good. last night, eh? Oh, my God. Oh. And, guys, you should, you should watch Giroux. Like, when they have to win an important draw in the PK, Giroux's out there taking that draw. Late in games for technically league, you need a goal. Like for a guy that's on the back nine of his career, I've been so impressed. And he's he's the guy that's gonna help Brady with the leadership. He's quiet, but that guy that guy doesn't cheat the game. 
He doesn't cheat the game. And, you know, for Otto, I, he's untradeable. You, you can't. Is he? I was going to ask that. I just, that's something that, that's something they just don't have a lot of guys. Um, like I saw, I watched a game last night and Justin Williams uh, did a really nice segment on Claude Giroux. And he basically said, they don't have enough players like that. And that's kind of where they are, where they're at. Older guys that understand what it takes to be in the league, to be successful game in and game out. Don't cheat. Good pros. Ottawa needs more of those guys. So, yeah, yeah sure. Come, come trade deadline, fellas. You get a boatload for him. But you can't trade him because I just think he's so important for the culture that you're trying to create moving yeah. forward. The one thing I will say or, you know, get your thoughts on Yorkie is that he does have six and a half million left on a contract for next year. So yep. that's, that in itself might be a challenge if you want to move him. But is, is he, did he, did he pick Ottawa? Did he come home to retire? And yeah. with it may come the thought that he will never win a Stanley cup. Like yeah. where is that in the equation? So, I am led to believe that this team is going to restock here over this over the offseason. That they're not going to go into rebuild mode. Like they feel that if they make a few changes, they can get into the playoffs. And to me, that's going to be bringing in probably a veteran center, bringing in a right shot. The uh, I don't know what they're going to do with the goal. To hopefully Corpusello plays better the rest of the year. But I don't know. I. I don't see I don't see Claude wanting to leave. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, he just seems like I get what you're saying, Kipper, because you get you get to that age, right? Especially guys that have yeah. a burning inside. They they want to win. Yeah. Um, uh, not not being inside his head. I, I don't know the yeah. answer to that, but I do know that Ottawa is going to try to going to try and kind of retool on the run here and try and make and try and make at least a run to make the playoffs next year. Just, just one more for me before we let you go, and it just kind of swing it back to Jacob Chikrin. He, he, he got traded out of Arizona, and it was supposed to put the end to the the question on where you're going to get traded every day in Arizona. And yeah. really, he's he's right back to where he was in Arizona, having to deal with us on a, on a daily basis here. And I, you, you get the sense of frustration from him for sure. Where is this going to end for him on another team, or is he is he in Ottawa to stay? It's a great question, Kipper. And like I said, there's a little bit of an issue with the righty lefty situation going on, and you have a lot of the same thing. Like even Zoo, Zoo's a similar player to those three guys. None of them are bangers. None of them are really defensive specialists. They're puck moving, smart defensemen. They need a, you know, they need a younger Chris Tanner. That's what they need. <laughs> a guy that's got a few less miles on the odometer. So with Chikrin, I don't know. It's, to me, it's tough. You're going to move out a guy that's a top 4D. Well, you better get one in return because then all of a sudden you're looking for another top 4D. So if they're going to do that, Kipper, yeah. they got, you got to have someone coming back. And I don't know. When's the last time you saw you give a defense when you get one in return, right? It's, it's, it's so tough to do. But I, I like – he played really well last night. He had a really good game. I would be hesitant to trade him. I really would. Yorkie, great stuff, man. Enjoy the uh, the All-Star weekend, okay? Yeah, I'll be coming down, guys. we got the podcast setting up for a couple of days. So uh, 
Come find me. Let's hook up for an old-fashioned. Come find us. Sounds good, Yorkie. Thanks, man. See you, fellas. Jason York, co-host of Coming In Hot, the Sense podcast. Yeah. Um, just a quick word here. Uh, the NHL's transformation of the Toronto uh, of Toronto for the 2024 NHL All-Star Game this year includes the NHL Fanfare, which we'll be at. A four-day family-friendly event from February 1st to 4th with interactive hockey games, special appearances by NHL players, and much more. Visit Rogers and Sportsnet at the Fanfare to win awesome hockey prizes. Have your photo taken at their Sportsnet broadcast desk. Test the speed of your slap shot with the Rogers Hardest Shot Skills Competition. And if you haven't already, be sure to secure your tickets at NHL.com slash Fanfare while supplies last. And the downside of that is you have to see us. Have, uh, <laughs> that'll be great. Have you ever taken a shot on the, on the radar gun? No. It would be really eye-opening for a lot of beer league players. My, there, my, my backhand would be faster than my forehand. Jacob, for sure. No question. <laughs> Jacob Chikrin hit, I think, 107 in Ottawa. And the skills contest? Yeah. Yeah. 107. I'm telling you, if you do it, or maybe your shot's going to be like 70, It 65. was impressive. I think, huh. I, yeah. I was going to say, that's high for yeah. me. I don't know. Anyways. I guess we got to go. All right. Plenty more still to come on The Real Kipper and Born Show. We welcome in Frank Cervalli, who will give us uh, the latest of what's out there. Our thanks to, again, Jason York and Hall of Famer, Adam Oates. Plenty more to come on the Real Kipper and Born Show. Do not go away.